Kyle Tully with another episode of the Consulting Tycoon podcast. So I turned 36 years old last week and that marks half my life that I've spent consulting. I started my first consulting business way back in 1998, just before my 18th birthday. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to share some of the lessons I've learned about what it takes to be successful. So this is part one of a two-part episode. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. Really enjoyed putting this one together. Let's get started. So this first lesson is one about opportunity. I started Devil Website Development, terrible name by the way, back in 1998, right in the middle of the dot-com boom. And it seemed like everyone was making money just hand over fist. There were these young young teenagers, multimillionaires overnight creating businesses, and it seemed like any idiot and his dog had a startup and was making millions of dollars. And it seemed like the opportunity was ripe, and I was 100% sure that was going to be when I made my first million. And of course, I failed. Fast forward a couple of years, 2005, I launched my first e-commerce business. Now, there was already stiff competition in the market. I was really worried that our USP wasn't strong enough. I remember the first time my business mentor asked me what my USP was, I didn't have an answer. I didn't have a clue how we were going to compete other than I was going to figure it out somehow. Uh, And somehow, I still managed to make money even in that really, that stiff competition market where we were, you know, really being outspent by the much bigger competitors. Fast forward another couple of years, I start out as a copywriter. Again, lots of competition in this market, lots of big established names who are you know gurus in the industry. And once again, I think I'm too late. But somehow, I was able to take that opportunity and become quite successful as a copywriter. Fast forward to just last year, I launched an AdWords business with literally hundreds if not thousands of competitors also running AdWords management companies. Yet of all those businesses, this one has been the easiest of all to set up and run. And what I learned from all of these experiences is that opportunity is what you make of it. And the better prepared you are, the more experience you have, the more opportunities you're going to have access to and be able to take advantage of. So if you're thinking about starting a consulting business, you know the best time might have been 10 or 15 years ago. But the second best time is today because the worst thing you can do is sit and wait for the perfect time or for a better opportunity or for the perfect opportunity because those things don't exist. And even if they do exist, by the time they come along, if you don't have the right experience and knowledge and skills to take advantage of them, it won't matter. And that was what happened to me with that first business. It was the perfect opportunity, the perfect timing but I wasn't the right person just yet. And it took me a couple of years in business, getting my my butt handed to me, learning some lessons, gaining some skills, that by the time the next opportunity came along, it probably wasn't as good an opportunity. The timing probably wasn't as right, but I was able to make it successful. So I mentioned getting started as a copywriter and it was a real crowded market. There were, at the time, hundreds of other people trying to crack it as a copywriter. There were 10 or 15 very well-known, you know, big-time guru marketers that were writing copy for all the, the big-name guru marketers in the in the market. And it was just really hard to crack. There was lots of price pressure coming in from below because there were a couple of courses out at the time and lots of new people learning copywriting and you know just undercutting everyone. So what I did is I figured I can't compete head-to-head with the top guru guys because I don't have the track record, the experience. I'm probably, frankly, not as good a copywriter as those guys. And I can't compete with the 
price, guys, because I literally can't afford I can't afford to write a sales letter for 500 bucks. I'll go broke. So I repositioned myself as a marketing consultant. And there were a couple of reasons for this one. Like I mentioned, the, the pressure from other copywriters and all the competition. But also I found when I was speaking with small business owners, they didn't really know what a copywriter was. But they understood what a marketing consultant was. And the other cool thing is it gave me access to higher level projects. So rather than being pigeonholed as a writer, as someone who just came in and put together a Word document for someone, I got access to these bigger level projects where I was more of a strategic partner and I found that a real breakthrough in getting much bigger fees. And then from that experience, I started to specialize in something I got really good at, which was reactivation campaigns, where we would take uh, a list of someone's previous buyers who maybe hadn't bought for six months, 12 months or longer, and we would send targeted marketing campaigns to those people trying to get them to come back in. And this was a huge windfall for a lot of businesses. Most businesses you'll find just don't do any of this kind of marketing. And it's actually the easiest marketing you can do. So I started specializing in these campaigns. We got huge ROI for people. They were really easy to create, really easy to duplicate, really easy to scale. From there, that transitioned into more of a licensing model. And this was, frankly, to maximize my own personal return on investment. So rather than getting paid once to build a campaign for someone, I would get paid once for them to license it. And every time they use it in the future, they would license it. So rather than getting paid that one time, I might get paid three or four times by a client over the course of a year or two. Now, the key point here is that from the vantage point of being a copywriter, that first little iteration of that business... I likely would never have seen the opportunity to go out and start licensing reactivation campaigns to business owners. Now, this is a has been a popular topic in certain circles over the past few years, but you know, ten years ago, no one was talking about this stuff. It was really sort of underground type strategies. And my experience as a copywriter, I was still green. I never would have come up with this idea by myself, or it would have taken me a long time. And I never would have just instantly jumped there. It took that experience. It took that time in the market, seeing what worked, seeing what I was able to make work, seeing what got prospects' eyes lighting up, that I was able to transition into that opportunity. Now, I have copywriter friends from those days who never quite launched their copywriting businesses and they disappeared into obscurity because they were looking for the perfect opportunity, the perfect timing. Whereas I just got started anyway and kind of fumbled my way around, banged my head against the wall, figured out what worked, what didn't work, repositioned a few different times and ended up at this really profitable concept of licensing reactivation campaigns to businesses. And what I took from all of this was that you likely won't end up where you think. So just get started. Like Whatever you think your business is going to be today, there's a 50-50 or greater chance that It's not going to look like that even three months from now, let alone a couple of years from now. So don't try and perfect everything now. Realize that business really is a marathon and that it's much more important to have time in the market rather than try to time the market. Get started, figure stuff out, start solving problems for people. You'll start making money and you'll figure out the direction that works for you, but you'll never figure it out trying to plan from the sidelines. So I've kept notebooks every year I've been in business. I love handwriting in a good old paper and pen type notebook. 
And I was looking back on one of those notebooks from around about eight years ago, I think it was. And I found a process map for a marketing funnel that is quite literally the exact same process map as one I've just created. Now, until I found the notes for this one, I had no recollection of it at all. It was just by happenstance that I happened to recreate the exact same funnel that I'd process mapped out eight years ago. And this funnel was actually drawn up under my yearly goals for that year. And lo and behold, I never actually completed that funnel. It never got built. It was only ever written in my little paper journal as an idea. And in fact, when I look back at some of the other goals from that year and years before that, I realized that many of my yearly goals were never completed. In fact, if I had, say, 10 goals for that year, I probably only completed two or three of them. Now, that was enough to start getting me some small wins and start to become successful, but it's nothing like my track record now. And what I realized was that the time frame I was trying to use back then was way too big. A year, you know, 12 months in the future, I've got no idea where my business is going to be. I can think and I can guess and I can, you know, come up with some fancy sounding ideas. But in reality, I, I don't really know where it's going to be. And when you start trying to plan that far ahead, especially when you're in that startup phase of a business, you know, if you're, you're just launching a, a marketing consulting business now, things move really quickly, you know, opportunities come and go, and you have to be very flexible. And if you're setting goals for a year in the future, there's always going to be tomorrow. You know, there's no pressure whatsoever to start building, in this example, the funnel, because there's always tomorrow, there's always tomorrow, and then one day you wake up and it's mid-December, and you're like, oh, I didn't quite build that funnel or do those other eight goals. Whereas fast forward to today, the funnel I'm building, this one was strategized, mapped out, and created within about three days. So speed of implementation is really critical. What we do now, we set quarterly goals. So the goals I used to set for a year, I compress that timeline and I set the same type of goals, but for the quarter. And then we break those down into monthly projects. We break the monthly projects down into weekly sprints. The weekly sprints get broken down into daily action lists. And by doing this, by breaking that year up into quarters and still working on getting the same amount of stuff that would have usually done in a year, done in a quarter, it's amazing how much quicker you get through these things, how you really can compress that time frame and get the same amount of work, if not more done. Like I said, I'm getting all of my goals done now. It's very rare that I don't get one of these quarterly goals hit because we're mapping it out so specifically. The time frame is so short that you can see the end goal. You don't have time to think, oh, well, there's tomorrow because that three-month timeline hits you really, really quickly. The speed of implementation, absolutely critical. Money is attracted to speed. I've experienced this time and time and time again. So back when I had Devil Website Development, um, side note, I think I named that business just because I found a really cool-looking little devil cartoon character that I thought would make a cool logo. That was you know, my, my mindset at the time. That's about as deep as my, my branding knowledge went back then. But back then, I was really good at building websites. And this is back when... There was no WordPress. Um, there were some uh, what you see is what you get editors, things like Dreamweaver, I think was popular at the time. Um, but they were kind of clunky and they were hard to use and they were hard to, if you're building an entire website, they were quite difficult to do a lot of things. And it was just, you know, messy software. But I was really good at building websites. I could hand code them from scratch. I could also use some of the software at the time. But 
I didn't like talking to people. And I had no clue about marketing myself. You know, back then, AdWords didn't even exist yet. I think search engine optimization might have been a term that was maybe one year old, but I hadn't even heard of it back then. Uh, the extent of my marketing was that I had pens with my business name written on them. Now, I had no idea who I was going to give these pens to, but I had the pens. Now, I, I, was, I was good. I did actually run some advertising. I ran a classified ad. And I believe the headline was Devil Website Development, right? Name of the, the company, the, the worst headline you can ever use. But funnily enough, I took action and I actually got two calls. I'm pretty sure the first one was a wrong number, but the other one became a client. Now, it's, a, it's actually a bad story because that client did become a client and I did some work for him, but he never paid me. And funnily enough, who would have thought But the guy that can build websites but doesn't like talking to people or know anything about marketing, that business failed. So I went out and I bought a bunch of business books and that led me onto some marketing books. And luckily enough, I discovered guys like Dan Kennedy and Gary Halbert, Claude Hopkins, David Ogilvy, some of the real classic marketing masters, direct response experts, and I became a student of marketing. I studied everything I could get my hands on. I've you know, got every Dan Kennedy book in my library. I've read every issue of the Gary Halbert letter multiple times. I've probably got about three dozen different books on marketing as well as others on you know persuasion and NLP, dozens on copywriting, not to mention all the courses, mentoring, coaching I've done over the years. And then my next business six or seven years later, the e-commerce store was selling educational baby products. And that opportunity allowed me to practice marketing every day. So I was sending emails to my list. I was writing direct mail letters to our buyers. I was writing the copy for the product pages and our the ads that we run online. I was creating sales letters for some of our best-selling products. And over time, I learned how to get people to buy. I learned marketing. Back then, SEO, even though I didn't know the term or I didn't know much about you know, its, its origins, all I knew was I could put up a page and we could get it ranked. You know, there really wasn't too much competition. It was fairly easy to get stuff ranked back then. And so by doing some basic SEO, by buying some ads on websites, doing some you know, simple direct response marketing, we grew the business where it was just way too big to fit in our apartment. And I basically had to make the decision to get a warehouse and really step up the business or not. And what I discovered then was that I really loved copywriting and I loved marketing much more than I did running the business. So I sold it and launched my second attempt at a consulting business. But this time I was armed with real world marketing and copywriting experience. And that was the difference. The ability to write copy, to structure a marketing campaign, to figure out a market and what they really want. You know, I was selling to new mums, people are having their first baby, they want the best for their kid, they want to try and educate them. Now, I was a you know mid-20s guy with no kids, so that really forced me to get inside the head of my market, learn what they think, learn how to write more like a woman, and that was an invaluable experience. So immerse yourself in marketing. It doesn't matter how good you are at the thing you do, the technical nature, whether you're the best SEO guy in the world the best AdWords manager in the world, can build the best direct response website. None of that stuff really matters unless you can get that message out there and put it in front of someone in a persuasive way that's going to get them to take action. 
uh, this stage I was reading a ton of Dan Kennedy material, a ton of Gary Halbert material, and I noticed that they were both essentially copywriters. They were the rainmakers. They would come into a client's business and bring in new clients, bring in money faster than the business owner even knew how. And I noticed that most of their students and their big success stories were also copywriters or they had to hire copywriters. Now, you know, I didn't have five grand for a copywriter every time I, I needed to write a promo. So I had to learn to write it myself. So I immersed myself again in copywriting. I'd studied marketing. Now we took it to the next level going deeper into copywriting. I did the AWAI course. I got a copywriting coach. I did tons of other online courses. I bought dozens of books. I went through the Gary Halbert copywriting instruction from the Gary Halbert letter. I've got literally hundreds and hundreds of pages of handwritten sales letters just trying to imprint the flow of good copy. And surely, you know, over time, I started getting better and better at this stuff. I started writing for the e-com store, first with simple things like the product descriptions, then emails. Eventually, I wrote my first full-blown direct mail package out to our list. It included a brochure and a small letter to a list of our buyers, and we got an 11% response rate, and that gave me the confidence that I knew how to sell, that I knew how to write copy, and I could go out there and do this for other people. And that was a magical concept for me, that I could write words on paper, literally just write some words on a piece of paper, pop it in the mail, and someone would either send me a check or log onto my website, enter their credit card details, and send me some money. That just blew my mind. So the ability to communicate is absolutely critical. Learning how to write copy was probably the single most important skill I ever learned because it touches on so many different aspects of business. You know, my ability to run Facebook ads and AdWords ads today, I'm still drawing on that ability to research the market, to get inside their head to actually write the ad copy. All of this stemmed from that copywriting experience. I think it's one of the most invaluable lessons you can ever take. Now, Gary Halbert, when I was studying him, he said, door-to-door salespeople make the best copywriters. And I said, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, copywriting is salesmanship in print. He said it was easier to make a copywriter out of a salesman even if that guy you know, couldn't write, couldn't spell, it was easier to make a good copywriter out of a salesman than it was out of an English professor writer. So what did I do? I went and got a job selling telephone systems door-to-door in one of the busiest little cities in Sydney, Parramatta. Now, I was really shy as a kid. You know, If, if we had a, a vote for least likely to, to succeed in sales, I probably would have won that back in high school. And Parramatta is one of the most heavily trafficked sales routes in Oz. There are just non-stop people going door-to-door back there. They get hammered by telephone salespeople as well. So it was a real tough proving ground. So I went into this company and they taught me sales. And I have to admit, when I first started learning sales, you know, I thought it was more talent. I thought you had to kind of have the gift of the gab. You had to be a, a naturally persuasive person that could just talk someone into anything to be a good salesperson. And what I learned in that experience was that sales really is a skill. And it's a system. And we were taught the system for the opening lines that would actually get someone's attention, allow you to have a conversation. The hook that would hook them in and allow them you know, to, to spend maybe five minutes with you. 
we had a little sales tool that we would use that would take the pressure off of us having to sit there and big mouth what we were trying to sell and let the tool itself do the job of proving value. Learn the, the value of appointments and setting future appointments, of showing results in advance. Once again, showing that it's not about me and me big mouthing or boasting about what it is I've got for you. It's about me showing you, demonstrating how I can provide value in advance before you've even paid me. They gave us a complete process, taking someone from cold to sold. And we practice this a lot. Every morning we'd turn up to the office, we'd practice for about 30 minutes to an hour, role-playing back and forth. You'd take the, the role of being the salesperson, walking into a business and trying to you know, take them from cold to sold. Then you'd switch and you'd play the business owner and your partner would play the, the salesperson. Now, at first when I tried to do this in the real world, I was quite literally shaking outside of a business. I remember one time sitting outside, it was at least half an hour, probably closer to an hour, just trembling at the thought of having to go in there and try and sell someone something. That just, you know, I didn't like talking to people as it was, let alone going into someone else's place of business, in my mind, disrupting them and disturbing their day, trying to sell them something. That just scared me like nothing else. I was literally chased out of offices at some stage, sworn at, had things almost thrown at me. It didn't hit me, but thrown at me. And so I developed a thick skin pretty quickly. And for some reason, they thought I showed some kind of um, promise. So I started to mentor under one of the senior sales reps. And this was an eye-opening experience because I saw how he held himself. And I saw how he controlled sales situations. And I started modeling him. And funnily enough, I started getting results. I was able to model how he was using the system, the little tweaks he was using, the things he was doing better than anyone else, and I started getting results. So a lot of people think that you know sales is a dirty word, and I think it does really get a bad rap due to a lot of you know really bad pushy salespeople who probably haven't been taught um, well, or they've you know been taught using those old school beat people over the head sales strategies. But I love my friend James Shramko's definition of sales, which is selling is the process of change from one situation to a better alternative situation. I think that's a great way to look at it. Because if you truly believe that you're helping someone change from their current situation to something that's better, that's a really powerful, strong, uplifting way to look at things. And that's how I started looking at things. That was similar to what the rep I, I mentored under how he saw things. He really saw that he was helping these people, and he was. The things we were selling saved them money. It was, a, in many cases, like thousands and thousands of dollars over the course of a year. So we really were providing value. And when I was able to shift my mindset from one of, I'm disrupting people, I'm annoying them, I'm wasting their time, they don't really want to hear from me, to one of, I'm providing value, I'm helping them either make or save money, I'm helping them change from a current situation that's probably not ideal to one that's much, much better. It was a magic shift. When you approach it with that attitude and come from that place of truly wanting to help someone, then selling is the best thing you can do for someone. So I know a lot of people out there that I've spoken to, they're, 
they're scared of sales. They were like me back in the day. They were a bit shy, didn't like talking to people, had a bad experience maybe with a salesperson and thought sales was a slimy thing. My best advice to you, go out, grab a couple of modern books on sales, start wrapping your head around what sales is really about. Learn it from the perspective of someone who's been successful at sales. And if you really want to get good, go and get a job as a salesperson, maybe even as a telemarketer. And see how these systems work and get an inside look at it. Go out and get rejected. Figure out how to sell to someone because I guarantee as a consultant, the ability to sell is one of the strongest abilities you will ever cultivate. You you can be the best marketing consultant out there. You can be the best technician at building a website or generating leads. But unless you can get in front of someone and convince them that they should give you money in exchange for your services, then it doesn't matter. 